Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. Hey podcast, welcome to episode 61 of the Yours Julie podcast. I hope wherever you are listening to this, however you're listening to this, you are having a great morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of the day it might be for you. Where I am, it's really rainy and cloudy and kind of dreary outside, and I don't know about you, but whenever the weather is anything less than stellar, my mood kind of goes with it. It's not that I'm in a bad mood, it's just my energy is lower, I don't have my typical pizzazz, I guess is the word that I could use. I just I just don't have that when the weather is kind of overcast and rainy and a little bit cold. It's like something's missing. I don't know, maybe that's an omen that I should never move to any place where it rains a lot. So Pacific Northwest, if anyone lives there, I'm sorry, you might not be seeing your shuli around those parts. But wherever you are, I hope you're having a wonderful day and welcome to episode 61. So I have kind of a cool little trick up my sleeve that really aligns with one of my favorite sayings of don't work harder, just work smarter. And that's really kind of what this podcast is a result of today. So before I get too far ahead of myself, I want to welcome you to October. The day that this releases, it is October 2nd of 2019, which means that we are entering into the last 90 days of the year which is kind of surreal. (laughs) It's a little bit hard to believe. I feel like every day feels kind of long, but the years pass super, super quickly. So maybe if you're like me, you're kind of waking up today and you're like, how the heck is it already October? But if you're on my weekly mailing list, my weekly newsletter that I send out every Monday morning, which if you're not on there, you can send me a message or a DM on any social media platform and I would be happy to add you. But I just like to offer a couple of tips, maybe some recipes, some freebies of the week. And this week's not episode, this week's email that went out today, the day I'm recording this on Monday, it really talked about how are you going to make the last or the final 90 days of 2019 as good as or even better than how you started 2019? Because I think a lot of us, we start the year off with a full head of steam and we have all of these ideas and these wishes and these goals and then, you know, life happens over the course of the other nine months and we might lose some steam. We might have our energy pulled in different directions and nothing is bad about that. 
because life happens and we're humans, but I think it's just really powerful to have a little moment of reflection and figure out how are you going to finalize these last 90 days and make them align with how you want to feel at the end of the year. I don't even want to say like make you crush the goals that you set for yourself at the beginning of the year because sometimes things shift and things change and that's okay, but just have a moment of reflection. Maybe, you know, pause this podcast and do it. Maybe have it a bit later today, figuring out where you are right now and what you would like to work upon or learn more about yourself with for the last 90 days of the year. And if you want to share that, you can either shoot me back an email if you're on my mailing list, you can shoot me a DM and just let me know what do you plan on doing for the final stretch of 2019 to make sure that you're in a, in a positive and a healthy place, place with yourself before 2020 rolls around, which is really crazy that the words 2020 just crept out of my mouth, but hey, here we are. So before we hop into today's episode, you guys know if you have hung around the podcast for any time at all, we always start out with a segment that features a post from either one of my current clients or another member of our private Facebook community called the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. So the post that I'm going to read today comes from one of my current clients about a week and a half ago, so I'm reading this a little bit late, but there's still a lot of value in here, and I want to read it because it happens to many, many people on the intuitive eating journey. And maybe you've either wondered this, maybe you have found yourself in a similar position, kind of running into the same realization. So she writes, I had my time with Claire this evening and we relished in some discoveries that I had over the last two weeks. The main one being that I was secretly wanting to use intuitive eating to lose weight. I have I have to let that go to truly make progress, and I am seeing huge shifts in my life because of it, from why I do things to having more mental room to discover things about myself. My main goals over the next couple of weeks are to explore some new foods. I'm so pumped and ready to branch out in the areas that we have pinpointed for me, and I can't wait. So a big shout out to this client of mine, to my goal slayer, who has told me in the past that whenever I feature anything of hers on the podcast or on my story, that she's like, is it weird that I feel famous? Like, I just feel awesome. I'm like, no, it's not weird, but you just give me such awesome content and her progress is so wonderful in this journey that I really love sharing things like this because I know other individuals who are listening, who are reading my content, probably wonder the same things and probably have traveled down many of the same roads. So again, thank you to the Skull Slayer. If you are listening, I truly appreciate everything that you're doing and I'm so proud of proud of your progress so far. So the thing that I want to highlight about this post is she mentions here that she's kind of been clinging on to the idea or secretly wanting to use this intuitive eating journey and this process to lose weight. And the reason why I want to bring this up is she is not alone in having this this wish or this thought in the back of her mind because many, many, many of my clients have come to me saying similar things and I receive a lot of questions over social media about, you know, is it bad that I'm kind of clinging on to this idea of weight loss even though I don't want to be on diets anymore or even though I truly believe in intuitive eating and I want to heal my relationship with food? And my main thing that I always say back is, 
it's not bad. It's your lived experience. It's your thought. It's your wish that you have for yourself. So there's nothing wrong about that. And there's nothing bad about that. Something that I always like to do for all of my clients is to validate whatever thoughts or concerns that they bring to the table because they have their own lived experience. And part of my job as a coach, as the dietitian, is to hold space for those lived experiences to be heard. So if you have ever wondered, hey, you know, can I lose weight while eating intuitively? Or is it bad that I want to lose weight while eating intuitively? No, it's not bad. And yes, you can most definitely think that or bring those thoughts to the table. But why she was posting about this and why I think it's so important is because many times with the intuitive eating journey, having this goal, whether it be in the forefront of your mind or the back of your mind that says, you know, no matter what happens in this journey, I still have to lose weight or I still have to be smaller. The thing that can become kind of problematic with this is some of the main core principles of intuitive eating are very difficult to focus on and to make progress with if you are thinking in the back of your mind, well, but I still have have to lose weight. For example, one of the principles of intuitive eating that I work for a long time with, with many of my clients, is the principle of giving yourself unconditional permission to eat. And this means all foods. So this might mean unconditional permission to eat foods that you have feared or foods that you have restricted at some point in your life. Or maybe it even means unconditional permission to explore and eat different fruits and vegetables that you enjoy the texture of, that you have access to. So it really encompasses all foods when we say just having that unconditional permission to eat enough and eat foods that you find satisfying. But the part where this gets kind of tricky is if you are really wanting to heal the relationship with food and offer yourself that unconditional permission to eat whatever the food is, but in the back of your mind, you're worried about what that food will do to your weight or how that food might negatively impact your weight, whatever that might mean to you then it's not going to be very easy for you to truly move forward in the intuitive eating path if you're worried that, oh my goodness, this food is going to make me gain weight. Because how can we really achieve having freedom and ease with food if we're constantly having this battle with ourselves, well, but I can't eat that, or I shouldn't eat that, or I shouldn't have that much of this food? Do you kind of see what I'm saying here? It's hard for these two things to coexist because any type of active pursuit of weight loss is always going to come with some sort of mental restriction, whether that be physical restriction or mental restriction. So really what we are trying to do in the intuitive eating path is find ways to honor our health, to make us feel good in our physical bodies, to allow us to access any health behavior that we may have interest in and that we may you know, want to include in our lives. But let's do that in a way where we're not constantly focusing on but how is this going to impact my weight? Or, but what is this going to do to my size? We're really trying to shift our focus to a weight-neutral practice where we engage in life-enhancing behaviors in different types of movement and different types of food, but we're doing that from the perspective of how is this going to improve my health and how is this going to improve my mindset and my relationship to food and my body rather than what is this going to do to my weight? 
that latter focus is very very narrow-minded and we're only focusing on one outcome whereas with the intuitive eating or the health at every size aligned approach we're focusing on all of the different aspects or all of the different things that may influence one's health so i hope that makes a little bit of sense and i hope it sheds some light on no you are not bad for wondering well what about weight loss or what about this right because we have been taught for years and years and years that any type of air quote health journey has to result in us manipulating our weight. But what we are trying to do on the intuitive eating path is so much bigger than that. And we are honoring our health, but we're honoring that in many different ways. So again, thank you to my goal slayer for posting this and for being super excited about kind of getting to this point in her journey. She and I have been working together for about five or six months now, but she's really getting to this point in her journey where we're exploring different types of foods. We're looking for health promoting properties of all foods, not just air quote diet foods. And we're looking at them from a bigger perspective. What colors, what tastes, what textures do they add to our life? Rather than, you know, how is this going to help me manipulate my weight? So again, if if you, I don't know what just happened to that word if, it sounded like if, um, but if you were hearing this post and you think that you might want to join us in the Yours Truly Goal Slaying Facebook community, then come on down. It's like the price is right if you've ever watched that show. Because we would love to have you in our community to allow you to learn from what we talk about, to allow you to engage in the community support that we offer on a daily basis. So the two easy ways that you can go about accessing the application to join this free community is you can find me on Instagram at Claire Tuning. Click the link in my bio and you will see application to join the Facebook community. So you'll fill that out and once you submit it, I will add you. I'll reach out to you. Um, The other way that if you are not on Instagram, if you're purely a Facebook soul, then you can go to Facebook and you can search the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. The private community will pop up. If you hit request to join, then I will message you privately the link to the application and we will invite you into the community from there. Every time I do these intros, I feel like I'm kind of out of breath. (laughs) That's how I'm feeling right now. But We are here today on the Yours Truly podcast with something kind of special and unique. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm really trying to find ways in my daily life where I am working smarter, not harder, because you can imagine as the one woman show behind the entirety of Yours Truly Nutrition, It's a lot to pump out content on many different fronts day in and day out. So I'm trying to make the most of the time that I spend making the content that I really love making. And one piece of content that I love making every single week is, of course, the podcast, but also a segment in our free private Facebook community that I just finished talking about, a segment called Two Tip Thursday. So if you are in our private Facebook community, then you very well know what Two Tip Thursday is. But if you're not in the community yet, or you don't have a Facebook, or maybe you're not even interested in joining, I'll go ahead and give you a little bit of a brief insight about what this is. And you're actually going to get an inside sneak peek into one of the episodes that aired or that I filmed live actually for the Goal Slayers a couple of weeks ago at this point. So Two Tip 
Thursday is kind of exactly what it sounds like. I hop on a live video every Thursday in the Facebook community and tackle two tips or two topics of some sort. So these could be things that have come up through my one-on-one coaching calls throughout the week that I think the entire community could benefit from hearing about. Maybe I've been getting a lot of questions or comments on my social media posts, and I just want to add more value and dig a little bit deeper there, but it's pretty much any topic that falls under a nutrition science, the intuitive eating approach, a weight neutral approach, or even mindset and yoga at times, because I'm a yoga instructor as well, but it's a time on every Thursday where I just come on and try to and try to, you know, have a little conversation or to add value in any way, shape, or form to the people in the community. So again, if you're not in our community, you are missing out because we talk about stuff like this every week. So what I actually did a couple weeks ago is while I was filming this, I set up my podcast setup, my microphone, my computer, and I recorded it. So what you are about to hear is two tips that are actually myth busters because I know everyone enjoys a good myth-busting episode of a podcast or a two-tip Thursday. And the two myths, myths, it's really hard to say in plural, but the two myths that I covered are... One, are processed foods actually bad for you? And what do people even mean when they say the word processed foods? And two, is it okay to eat after a certain time in the evening? Because you know we hear all about where you're not supposed to eat after X time or, you know, you shouldn't eat this type of food after this time of night. So we really dig into these two myths and why you don't need to be living your life based on these two myths or these food rules. So I hope that you enjoy, and without further ado, here's Two Tip Thursday on whatever day you're listening to this. What is up, Goal Slayers? Happy Two Tip Thursday. We took a little bit of a hiatus last Thursday because... If you follow me on social media, you know I was at the Jonas Brothers concert having the time of my life. So I'm sorry I didn't live video you guys in for the Jonas Brothers concert, but I really wanted to be fully present in that moment. So if you hop on here live with me, you got to let me know team live, team replay. Are you watching this right now in live time with me? Are you catching it on the replay? And also the other thing that I want you to let me know as you come on is what is one thing that you ate? today that you loved, that you just got so much enjoyment out of, that you felt super satisfied after, that you felt really nourished when you ate that food. And the reason why I'm asking you that question is because I just wrapped up my dinner a little bit later than I usually eat dinner. It's like 7.32 p.m. where I am, but I had a late dinner because I was honoring my hunger and I was feeling the need to eat some dinner after my move freely practice. And I have recently discovered the spring rolls, the veggie spring rolls from Trader Joe's. If you are lucky enough to live near Trader Joe's, they're in the frozen section. There's like five of them in a pack and they have carrots and edamame and tofu and these really yummy mushrooms in them. All you have to do is pop them in the oven for like 15 minutes, get your favorite dipping sauce going, and it is a wonderful way to throw together an easy dinner. But that is what I would write in the comment section if I wasn't talking because I ate those and I felt so great after eating. So hey, Christine, 
Welcome to the video. You might also notice that there's something weird going on here in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. So I'm trying something new here because as you guys know, I make a lot of content. There's Instagram, Facebook, there's the live videos I do here, and I'm kind of of the mentality that I need to work smarter. I need to make more use out of the content that I'm producing. So I'm doing a little test run, a little trial run with recording what I'm telling you guys or this live two tip Thursday video. And I'm tossing around the idea with potentially using it for a podcast later. So if you hear this later on the yours truly podcast, or maybe if you're listening on the podcast now, if I did end up using it, Thanks for tuning in. But you guys know here in the Goal Slaying Facebook community on Two Tip Thursday, we got to come together for two tips for two truth talks. That was really hard to say. Two truth talk moments for your week. And if you're new to the community, if you have not tuned in to a Two Tip Thursday with me yet, it is really a time where I come together and bring you two little nuggets of value, two nuggets of wisdom from either client calls that I've had this week. Maybe it's questions that I've gotten fairly often. And I think it would be fairly great, fairly good to address these questions in in the majority of our community. So what I'm doing today is we're going to do a little myth busting session because you guys know you live in the same diet culture that I live in and there's a lot of information swirling out there that may not be that true or really may not be that helpful. And one thing that I love doing as an intuitive eating dietitian, whether it's here in our community or on the podcast or with my one-on-one clients is taking those rules, those messages that we've internalized about nutrition that have really served to harm and complicate our relationship with food. I like to take them and dispel those myths so that we can go about eating in a way that is joyful, that is fun, and that is satisfying for us like I was talking about earlier. So if you haven't told me in the comment section below what one food you ate today was that was really satisfying, be sure to tell me that. Hey, Cassandra. Welcome to the video. Hope you're doing well. So one exercise that I have all of my one-on-one clients do, so everyone who works with me individually, Cassandra is one of my graduated clients here on the video, so she might remember this. She might um, remember a little bit of us talking about this, but something that I have many of my clients do, usually within our first couple of sessions, is to make a laundry list of food rules. And what I mean by food rule, for anyone listening on the podcast, I'm doing this in quotation marks is anything that when you go to eat something, when you go to make a meal, when you go grocery shopping, when you go to make a snack, and you immediately have this voice inside your head that is not your own dictating something about that experience. So maybe it's a voice of you can't eat that because that's air quote bad for you, or you can't eat that much of that, or are you really going to eat more of that today because you already had X, Y, and Z earlier. So really what I define a food rule as is anything that controls how you think about food in a negative manner that when you ask why to that question or to that rule, you don't really have an answer to it. So you may be sitting there saying, okay, well, I hear this voice in the back of my head saying I can't have that or I shouldn't have that. But then you ask the question, well, why is that? And your answer is, 
I don't really know. Or your answer is because I heard it from the Instagram influencer that is trying to sell me, you know, supplements or whatever it is, then odds are that is a food rule that may not have that much backing or use for you in your life. So I'm going to take two here in this video that I have heard multiple times day in and day out from my individual clients um, and also from questions that I get asked a fair amount on social media. So the first one is, and it kind of ties in with what I was talking about here, I think two days ago in the community and the group talking about healthy and unhealthy, but we really like to use labels and apply them broadly to food. So the other day I used the example of healthy, unhealthy, but today I want to use the example of processed and unprocessed. So if you follow me on Instagram, I think a month ago at this point, I did a Wisdom Wednesday session on why air quote processed foods are really really not bad for us and we really need to strip that label away from food. Because when we talk about processed foods, if you really think about it, and I have so many thoughts here on this topic, but I'm going to condense them into a few categories. But when you think about any and all foods that have made their way to your shelf at the grocery store, they all had to go through some type of processing to get to that point where you can put them in your cart, you can walk to the cash register, and you can take them home with you. For example, so anyone who is listening here on the podcast, you're not going to be able to see my example but lucky for you guys, my goal slayers in this community, you will be able to see. So the first example I have is this cucumber, which yes, could probably be a legalized weapon because it is a large cucumber and it's really heavy now that I think about it. But if you think about this cucumber, diet culture would look at this cucumber and say, oh, a vegetable that is healthy and that is an air quote clean food and that's an unprocessed food. But guys, look at this cucumber. It is wrapped in plastic. It was probably washed at some point. Some human had to harvest, or probably let's be real, a machine harvested the cucumber and it had to be wrapped and it had to be shipped and someone had to put it on the shelf at the store. So if you think about it, this guy, this air quote, clean food, this vegetable went through a fair amount of processing to even reach the shelf. Christine said she had peanut butter today. You know that I also had peanut butter today in my daily peanut butter and jelly. So I love that. The second example I have for you is this scone mix. Again, if you are lucky enough to live near a Trader Joe's and you find their triple berry scone, 10 out of 10 would recommend. But diet culture would look at the scone mix and we would say, mm, that is found in the middle aisle of the grocery store. It's in a box that there's sugar in there. There's carbohydrates. There's artificial flavorings, right? All of this. And we would label this as a processed food that is air quote unhealthy or bad for us. But sure, hey, this went through processing. Someone had to make the mix, bag the mix, put it in the box, take it to the grocery shelf. It went through just as much processing as this here cucumber. So my first point when it comes to labeling foods as processed and unprocessed and thinking that they are healthier or unhealthier because of that, my first thing that I want you to think of is the term processed really doesn't hold that much weight when we're talking about the nutritional components of the food. The second thing that I want you to think about when we look at processed foods and are they really that good or bad for us is the terms good, bad, or like I was saying the other day, healthy or unhealthy are very relative to the moment in the situation that you're in, in that speck of time. So for example, let's take something like this scone. 
You may say, hey, this is a processed food and diet culture tells me that it's bad for me. But if we look at what gentle nutrition says to be true about food or what the science of nutrition says, we look at what's in a scone and we say, okay, a scone is made up of all macronutrients. So there's a little bit of fat, a little bit of carbs, a little bit of protein in here, but it's predominantly carbohydrates. And scones or baked goods in general are typically simple carbohydrates, meaning that when you eat them, your body body can break them down pretty darn easily and your blood sugar will rise and your muscles and your brain and all of the cells in your body have readily available energy to use. So let's take the context of you are about to head out for a move freely practice. Maybe you're going for a walk to enjoy the day or you're going for a swim if it's warm outside like it is where I live, or maybe you're going to lift weight, you know, whatever your move freely practice looks like, your body is in need of that fast, readily available source of energy which could look something like a scone. So sure, diet culture may label this air quote processed food as being bad for you, but in the moment of getting ready to move your body, or maybe even in the moment of, hey, that just sounds really good to me right now. In those contexts, maybe it's exactly what you need. And maybe because of that, this food is great for you. This food is healthy. This food is processed, you know, and it's okay because it's what you need in that moment. If we look at something like a cucumber, sure, there are some times where a cucumber may be exactly what you want. It may add the crunch. It may add the crispness. It may add the color that you want to your plate. And in that context, this is healthy for you. Or maybe the air quote, unprocessed by diet culture food is what you need. But maybe in the context of getting ready to move and you need a lot of energy, or maybe you need something that is heartier or more satisfying to you, this would not be the best food for you to eat in that moment. So bottom line, tip number one is processed foods are not bad. It is simply a label that has put a lot of fear in us and has really complicated our relationship with food. But all foods, I'm going to stop waving this cucumber around now, all foods that you enjoy have a place in your life. And if you start to understand the concepts of gentle nutrition, which is what I help my one-on-one -on -one clients do as they get farther along throughout their journey, you can look at different foods and you don't have that gut reaction of that's good or that's bad, but you say, I know how this food is going to nourish and work for my body in this moment. And I know that it's okay if I eat any combinations of them. And then you just pay attention to how you feel afterwards. One of my clients actually the other day she was posting on Healthy, which is the app that we use to communicate with each other. And we had just had our gentle nutrition conversation where we were talking in depth about what different foods do for the body and how every food can work to nourish our body. And she posted today and it, and it made me smile. As you can tell, I'm almost laughing right now. She's like, Claire, I kind of feel like a science experiment, you know, like I'm eating these foods and I'm figuring out how, how do they work for my body or how is my energy level afterwards or how, how long do I stay full or satisfied? So it is really cool to see that we can look at different foods that we used to label, you know, good, bad, processed, unprocessed, and we can strip the labels from them so that we have a greater understanding and appreciation for what they do. So that is myth number one. 
We have busted it. We have knocked on the door. Hello, Allison, Lynette, Melissa. Welcome to the video. What I want you guys to tell me now, if you haven't commented, if you haven't interacted yet, I want to hear while we're in between these two myths of our myth-busting session, what is one myth that you maybe hear a lot about nutrition or a lot about your body or you know diet culture? What is something that you hear over and over again that you know isn't helpful to your relationship with food or isn't adding value to your life? Type it there in the comment section below. What's up, Jenna? Hello, welcome to the video. Um, let me know what that myth is. Maybe we can bust it if we have a couple of extra minutes. But myth number two that I want to talk about, and this is something that I not only hear from my clients because they live in diet culture too, all of us live in diet culture, but I hear from so many people through DMs, through family members, through some of my friends who I went to high school with and you go back to a reunion and they're like, Claire, you're a dietitian now. Let me ask you this question. I'm like, okay, you can ask me the question. But the myth that I hear all the time is I can't eat after... 6 p.m. or 9 p.m. or whatever arbitrary time it may be. I can't eat after that time because then the food will be turned to fat or because then something disastrous and awful will happen to my body. And the thing I like to say to this, to this myth, a little tongue twister there, is I simply like to ask the question, okay, well, first of all, it makes sense why we think this way because we are taught these messages about food. But again, not helpful because it complicates the conversation when we are hungry after that time of the evening. Well, then we're like, well, can I eat? Can I not eat? What's going to happen to the food? I just like to ask the simple question of what is different about your body at 9 p.m. than 9 a.m.? What is different? Did your body change drastically? Did it lose the ability to digest food in that 12-hour period? Because from my perspective and from the perspective of science, let's take this scone, for example. This scone is going to be a scone at 9 a.m. and at 9 p.m. Nothing magical changes about the scone. Your body doesn't automatically see the scone at 9 p.m. and say, yep, we are digesting that differently. We're turning that directly to fat. All of these things. Your body does not work that way. Your body is not a machine. Your body does not automatically reset at midnight like calorie tracking devices or, you know, my fitness pal would make us believe. We are constantly moving through food through the body. We're constantly turning over ourselves. Our body is constantly making use of the nourishment that we give it. So if you are hungry, if you need food after that arbitrary time period in the evening, then by all means, please eat what you have access to. Please eat something that is satisfying, that is nourishing, because by not doing that, by saying, hey body, you know what? We're just going to wait another 12 hours until the morning. First of all, your body doesn't like that because your body runs, can, runs best off of consistent fuel from a variety of different foods. And if we look at one thing that I teach my clients very often, and I've often taught here in, in our goal slaying community is the pendulum analogy, or even the bow and arrow analogy. Let's take bow and arrow since I use pendulum a lot. So 
If we pull back the bow and arrow, say, I'm hungry, I'm hungrier, I'm hungrier, and we're pulling it back, then what's going to happen when we eventually have to let it go because we are humans and we need food in our lives regularly? When we've pulled that bow and arrow back and we've restricted because the time on the clock wasn't right or because... I don't know, Dr. Axe said we couldn't do it. Then when we let it go again, because we have to, the force through which we proceed forward in our eating habits is probably going to be a lot stronger. The urgency to eat is going to be elevated, not because you don't have willpower, not because you're a bad human being, but because your body was hungry at 9 p.m. and now it's 10 a.m. and that was a 13 hour gap. You like that math, guys? I think that's, I think I did that right. I think that was 13 hours. But all I'm trying to say here is when your body is sending you the signal of I'm hungry, that is your body asking for help. And it would be most beneficial, again, if you're in the position to eat something, to not ignore the body. To not say, hey body, we're just going to chill out and not need food for 13 hours because the body doesn't work that way. It would be most beneficial for you to say, okay, I hear you. I'm not going to fight you because I know the longer that I do, the harder things are going to get and the more complicated things are going to be in the long run. And then you simply lean into what sounds good right now. What's available to me? What can I enjoy that is going to suit me in this period of time? Because maybe... Some people, if they eat larger amounts of food, again, whatever that means for them later at night, maybe they don't sleep as well, or maybe they get heartburn. So again, this comes back to the gentle nutrition conversation of looking at your body and how it responds and saying... From what I know to be true about my body, what's going to be best for me in this scenario? Is it going to be a smaller snack? Is it going to be something that doesn't have a ton of acid, like, you know, red wine, dark chocolate, all these things that can maybe be heartburn inducing? Is it going to be something um, like crackers and cheese instead of something very greasy, right? If you're worried about heartburn. But all I'm trying to say here is there there is a way that you can learn to nourish your body whenever it sends you those signals and you don't don't have to be waiting for arbitrary times on the clock to tell you when you can and can't eat. Something that I always, always say to you guys, to my clients, to strangers on the streets, <laughs> literally to anyone who will listen. But something I say is why don't we work to nourish our body out of intention rather than habit or out of those arbitrary rules? So an example of habit is I only eat at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., and 4 p.m., even though I may be hungry outside of those times. So instead of doing that, eating out of the habit of the time on the clock, why don't you eat out of the intention to nourish your body when it tells you that it needs to be nourished? So that being said, I could go on for hours, probably until 10 a.m. on both of these topics, but that was myth number two or tip number two of you don't have to wait for a specific time on the clock. Your body is going to work the same way to digest the food, whether it's 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. If you are hungry, fuel. If you are in need of food, eat and move on because you have bigger things to think about in life than when you can and can't eat. So that being said, thank you guys for tuning into the video. Like I said, little beta trial here of also doing this on the podcast. So if you see this again popping up on the podcast, give it some love, maybe listen to it again, whether you're watching live or maybe you're listening on the podcast, because I feel like all of these messages, when we're really trying to 
rewire the brain and unlearn and relearn. It really just does take us hearing these messages a couple of times and letting them digest. Pun totally intended. So let me know in the comment section below. I've been talking about these scones all video. Should I go make them now? I don't really know. Anyways, what I want to know from you guys is A, should I make the scones? And B, what is your one takeaway from this video? Did you bust a myth? Did you learn something new? Did you get a laugh at me doing anything? What is your one takeaway from the video? Let me know in the comment section below and have an awesome rest of your night. See ya. All right, my friend, you heard it here first. The first ever Two Tip Thursday to be featured on the Yours Truly podcast. So if you loved what you heard, know that our topics for Two Tip Thursday, they switch and they change every single week. But if you think that having this content on your social media feed in your ears might be helpful to you every single week, then please reach out, as I specified earlier, to join our free private Facebook community. And of course, if you love what you are hearing here on the Yours Truly podcast, it would mean the world to me. And it would also help the podcast grow to reach the ears of more individuals who need to hear it. But please, if you have a couple of moments, leave a five-star rating and a review to let me know what you love about the podcast and to share the message with other people who need to hear it. So tap those five stars, leave a review. And of course, if you're super blown away by today's message, or maybe you know someone who is living by these food rules, who needs to hear just another side of the story, don't hesitate to share this episode on your social media feed, to text out the link to, again, anyone who might need to hear it. And I'm always so thankful and so glad that you love what you're hearing enough to share it. So until next week, yours truly, Claire.